0: Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is Tracy Clark, author of the new novel, Hide. Tracy, whose books have also been honored as Anthony Award and Lefty Award finalist and have been shortlisted for the American Library Association's Russa Reading List, named a Crime Reads Best New PI Book of 2018, a Midwest Connections Pick, and a Library Journal Best Books of the Year, is also a board member at large of Sisters in Crime, Chicagoland, and a member of International Thriller Writers and serves on the boards of Mystery Writers of America Chicago and the Midwest Mystery Conference. Author Lori Rader Day wrote about Hyde, Tracy Clark's not-so-hidden talent is for conjuring characters who are engaging and achingly real. Detective Harry Foster is a stellar recruit to her new team and to our crime fiction shelves. Hyde is a page-turner with heart. Tracy, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hi, Jeff. Uh, Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. Well, if someone hasn't yet heard about your new novel yet, how would you describe Hyde?
1: Well, it's uh, simply a police procedural. It's uh, set in Chicago, and we have as our protagonist uh, Detective Harriet Foster. Uh, who, when we meet her, uh, as the book opens, is coming to a new district, a new team, a new boss, a new everything. And her first case off, uh, right out of the box is a serial killer who's, uh, hunting the streets of Chicago. So, uh, she's coming in at, uh, sort of war torn and she's faced with this major, major case that she's got to sort of help solve. So that's Harriet in a nutshell. That's her when we meet her. And then the story progresses, uh, bodies sort of fall and she's got to sort of scurry to sort of figure out what's going on and, and stop these killings. So that's Hyde in a nutshell. Uh, there's a lot of other stuff in there, but, you know, that's basically it.
0: Sure. And do you remember the original idea or impetus that led you to ride Hyde?
1: Well, I think it started with the body, the first body. I sort of found a spot here in the city that I thought was an interesting sort of place to sort of put something horrific uh, it's sort of on the the front steps of the city, in, in in a major tourist attraction location, right off Michigan Avenue, right off Michigan Avenue Bridge. Uh, is this great River Walk that we've got all this wonderful tourist stuff, you know, set there, and that's where I put the first body. So it's sort of a juxtaposition of wonderful, nice and glitzy, and then something horrific, sort of placed there to sort of jar you a little bit. So that came first. And then I sort of had to have a character that was up to the task of sort of figuring out what was going on. So Harriet came a little later, uh, body first, and then I sort of built her on the page, you know, because I don't outline. Um, So she sort of uh, blossomed on the page, uh, sort of up to the challenges, of sort of figuring out what was going on. And then as the pages went, we learned a little bit more about her and sort of what motivates her and what sort of keeps her going. So that's that's how it sort of came about.
0: Well, I know this is the start of a new series for you. When you first had the idea of The Bodies, Mm -hmm. did you know it was going to be a new series?
1: No, I didn't. In fact, uh, I sort of sold it or they sold it as my first standalone. That was going to be my first standalone after this uh, sort of successful series, this PI series that I did. And this was going to be something different, a whole new cast of characters, a whole new protagonist, uh, same city, uh, but different uh, challenges, different sort of angles to sort of take. And I handed it in, as I was supposed to do, right on deadline. And they wanted the second book uh, with the same characters in it. So now I have the second series going. And then they also just bought or are getting ready to buy a third one. So we're going to be at least three uh, in the Harriet Foster series. And we'll see what happens after that. I'll eventually, hopefully... Uh, get to the point where I can sort of write a standalone to sort of see how it is, uh, you know. But, you know, right now, uh, second series is going. I'm not going to complain. It's a good problem to have. And I'm just going to write it as uh, far as I can write it.
0: What was your initial writing journey that led you to writing and getting your first novel published?
1: Well, I was always a writer. I was one of those weird kids who sort of had a notebook Every time they were out somewhere, I had one under my mattress. I wrote little stories. I always read. I was an avid reader. Um, And I just sort of wanted to write a book, write a story that was mine. So um, that was always in the back of my head. That was always, I guess, in my makeup. And so when I really started getting serious about it, I think I was maybe at the tail end of high school, beginning of college. And I sort of made a decision that I was going to sit down Instead of sort of thinking about it and dreaming about it and sort of, you know, wishing that I was a writer, to actually try it and see whether or not I had the chops. And of course, I did not. Uh, it took several decades before I actually had something that had some energy or had some propulsion behind it and had some sort of structure. Uh, but, you know, that's a sort of a long journey to sort of take. But I was willing to take it. And I think that's where my talents and my creativity are sort of lodged. And, and so, yeah, it sort of took a while. I'm, I'd like to say that I was overnight success that took more than 20 years. Uh, and that's just <laughs> how it went for me. Uh, I just sort of wrote and wrote and wrote until I got better and better and better. Uh, I kept at it. And even when the rejection letters were coming in and, you know, they were dashing my dreams, uh, that just sort of propelled me to sort of keep at it. Um, I think you only lose if you stop. And I didn't stop. So I just sort of kept at it and kept at it until my shot came. And when it came, it was a, a wonderful thing. And now I'm in it uh, knee deep. And uh, it's, it's still kind of fun. There are frustrating days. I think all writers sort of can attest to that. But, you know, that's the writer's life.
0: And, and what do you think that you were learning over those years as you said you were just writing and writing and getting rejections? What, what do you think you were learning and changing in your, in your fiction and your prose?
1: Well, I think I was learning to sort of tell a successful story. Um, You don't have it all at once. Um, And I was lucky enough in some of those rejection letters to sort of get sort of bits of advice. Um, I would sort of, one person said, I would sort of uh, focus on character development. All right, so fine. I go back and I sort of work on character development. Uh, Somebody else said something about uh, story structure. All right, go back and teach yourself as much as you can about story structure. So I was lucky enough to sort of get those little bits, uh, you know, occasionally, and I would take that advice and run with it. And I think those little things, those little nuggets of information uh, get to the next level. Um, and But you have to put the work in. Uh, you have to learn what you don't know. And those rejection letters sort of propelled me to just keep digging in, uh, go back to the story, go back to the characters, uh, see how better I could get at it, change this, change that, angle things this way and that, just sort of get in there and sort of learn what you don't know. So those little setbacks that I saw as setbacks at the time were really uh, sort of getting me in a position to sort of move to the next level. And I would advise any writer out there, young newbies out there who sort of want to sort of have this life to just sort of be committed to it, uh, believe that you've got something that is, is great and just keep with it.
0: Can you discuss a specific challenge you faced while writing your latest book, Hyde, and how you maybe overcame that?
1: Well, the biggest challenge for me in Hyde, I think, was sort of learning um, the vibe of police officers. You know, it's not so much the work, but what motivates them to do such a tough job. It's a tough job. Um, And I'm lucky enough to sort of have uh, cops that I can ask questions of. um, And I also watch and observe very keenly. So I needed to sort of know how cops operate, um, what they think about the cases that they have. Um, how do they sort of keep themselves going when they are sort of faced on a daily basis with, you know, this inhumanity to man uh, that they are charged with sort of dealing with? Uh, there's nobody out there uh, holding their hand as they sort of walk down these wonderful, you know, dirty streets. Uh, they have to do it. Um, so I had to learn, the, the I guess, the, the mood, uh, the sense of why they do it. Um, what kind of satisfaction they get from it. Um, and I don't think I've got it completely because, you know, I'm not in that, that field. I'm not a police officer. I don't sort of deal with that on a daily basis. But I, that's the feeling that I had to sort of learn. Um, not so much procedure because I can sort of, you know, pick up the phone or, or ask somebody, what do you do this uh, when and who does that when? That's easy. Uh, it's the sort of internal stuff that you have to sort of uh, assimilate and sort of feel. Uh, in order to sort of bring your characters to life, so that was the toughest part for me. Uh, with the PI series that I wrote, I didn't have to do anything. I mean, she was sort of snarky, sort of a uh, you know badass sort of character, and I could just sort of wing it uh, in terms of you know what she did on a daily basis. Blah blah blah. There's no rules. Blah blah. Uh, police officers have to follow the law. Uh, they are the law by for all intents and purposes, and they have a thing that they have to follow. They have to follow. They can't sort of. Break into somebody's house, or you know, jiggle a lock, or anything like that. They've got to do things, you know, step by step, according to the law. So that was sort of hard to sort of rein myself back in. For but uh, you know, I think I sort of I'm getting there. I'm not there yet, but I think I'm sort of getting there.
0: Sure. And as you were, as you were talking, I was just thinking about. Um, I mean, I'm sure you're aware. I mean, we we live, unfortunately, in a um, society these days. And and I'm not saying this any different now because I think there was violence throughout American Mm -hmm. history. Um, But, you know, I mean, right now we've had, you know, many mass shootings since just January, the beginning of January. What is your thoughts about um, how kind of crime fiction fits into that and the fascination? Um, I mean, we obviously see the fascination with true crime. If you've given any thought to um, the appeal of crime fiction, given, you know, sometimes the bleak headlines when we wake up every morning?
1: Um, I don't know. Um, when I'm writing these books, I'm sort of sort of trying to sort of make them as truthful as I can, uh, as realistic as I can. And I don't think you can sort of write crime fiction without sort of looking at the world that we're living in and sort of ping on, you know, what's going on. Um, these mass shootings and things like that, I don't think that I've addressed it uh, specifically in any of the books that I've written so far, but it doesn't mean that I won't eventually. Uh, but you have to sort of look at the world that you're living in and sort of, you know, look around and, and see what what is happening and who it's happening to and who's the perpetrator and why. And some of these really complicated issues um, you might want to ping on or say something about, but it's ultimately a character's story. Um, it's not my saying it, it's Harriet and whatever she's sort of uh, facing. So if it, in a, in the sort of midst of her sort of solving her case, this is something that she might sort of encounter, then I have to sort of at least address it and sort of figure out, the you know, what can be said about it. That's not me. So, you know, it's sort of challenging, I think, for writers to sort of keep themselves back and sort of follow the character and the character arc and sort of tell the story as the character would sort of experience it without the politicalization of it or, you know, putting that little statement in there. So it's sort of tough. It's sort of a, a fine line to sort of walk. But I think you have to sort of serve the story and not yourself. So that's what I try to do, at least. And uh, hopefully, knock wood, I sort of create at that a little bit.
0: What writing advice would you offer for those who are working on their own novels or short stories?
1: Well, I would just sort of advise people to just sort of keep at it. I mean, it's a tough job. It's a tough industry to be in. It's kind of like sort of, uh, you know, catching that brass ring as it sort of wings around you. And you just have to sort of stick with it and sort of be there uh, when your shot happens. Um, it's going to be a lot of rejection. Uh, there's going to be a lot of back and forth. Uh, going to be a, Everybody's going to have an opinion about stuff you're writing. That doesn't matter. Uh, you have to just sort of get in there, dig in there, get those pages done, and then sort of craft your story the best way you can. Uh, this is a really discouraging business. I'll, I'll tell you that it took, as I said, uh, more than 20 years before my shot came. And if I had quit anywhere along that line, I wouldn't be here. Uh, it's just a matter of just sort of believing that you have something that you can say. Uh, you have characters that need to be sort of seen and that readers will sort of get something from what you're producing. And you just have to be there when that ring comes around the next time.
0: What do you think kept you going? I mean, because a lot of people, um, I mean, I, I I know of people who mm-hmm. have submitted a, a a manuscript or short stories, and they they just can't. And and this is not a criticism of, of them, but they just can't deal with the rejection. Like, yeah. you know, they get five or ten rejections, and then that that's it. They're they they can't withstand that. To okay. just was it just the love of writing and the love of fiction?
1: Well, I can sort of get how they sort of get discouraged and want to give up. Uh, I think what I had going for me is the fact that I am just pigheaded. Um, I just refuse to give up. Um, I just sort of knew that this is what I wanted to do. I had always wanted to do it. I've been writing since I was a kid. Um, I was an avid reader. I knew that I wanted to write crime fiction and I'd so- sort of read books. And I said, well, I think I can do that. And I could, uh, but I wouldn't have found that out if I hadn't tried to do it. Uh, taught myself how to do it and kept with it. So uh, I think pigheadedness worked for me uh, at a certain level when all those rejection letters started coming in, spite sort of kicked in, um, spite and uh, pigheadedness uh, got me through. Uh, I was going to prove to these people that they, had, they didn't know anything about me or what I could do, that they had gotten it wrong and that I knew better than they did. And that's sort of what kept me going for all those little lean years when nothing was happening. Uh, You just sort of have to stick in.
0: What novels or nonfiction books have you read recently that you enjoyed?
1: Well, I like all of them, really. I'm reading, oh, I'm uh, moderating a panel uh, for the Tucson Book Festival coming up in March. So I'm reading right now uh, J.A. Jantz's uh, latest, uh, Collateral Damage, which is wonderful. Uh, I'm also reading Laurie R. King's uh, latest book, Uh, what is it? Uh, And also Isabella Maldonado's The Falcon. So those are my three panelists. And so I'm reading their latest books now, and it's wonderful uh, sort of sort of getting in there and sort of seeing how these different writers write these different sort of crime novels, crime novels. So that's what I'm doing right now. And I'm not writing reading for pleasure at the moment. But, you know, but I'm still doing that. But that's good. Uh, There's a lot of good writers out there and they're all wonderful. And I read them when I can.
0: Are you working on a new novel now?
1: I'm coming up with ideas for the next one. I just handed in uh, book five, I think it's called The Fall. Uh, which will release in uh, December, uh, early part of December. And then I've got another one for Thomas and Mercer that I haven't sort of uh, come up with an idea yet for. But uh, that will probably happen in the next couple of weeks, and then I will see what they think about it. And then uh, if they're okay and I'm okay, then I will start that one pretty soon, and I'll be off and running again.
0: Where can people find you online, online. if they want to learn more about you and your novels?
1: Well, they can uh, check uh, check my uh, website out. It's uh, tracyclarkbooks.com. And I'm also on Twitter, uh, TracyPC6161, and Instagram, and also Facebook. Just uh, type my name in, and my face will pop up, and you can see what I'm doing.
0: Well, again, we've been speaking with Tracy Clark, author of the new novel, Hide. The novel is on sale now, so go buy a copy. And Tracy, thanks for doing this interview.
1: Thanks, Jeff. Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely.